Amen. Okay, as I mentioned about plotting, we're, we're doing that, right, through the book of Romans, and um, we're in no hurry to jump out of it, because guess what we would do if we were at, not in Romans? We'd be in another book of the Bible. So, the Bible, right? Without it, we have no understanding of who God is, what sin is, who Christ is, what eternal life is, all of it. We know because of God's Word, so we study it. So, over the next two weeks, we, we're going to do a little mini-series within Romans, right? We're going to take some time to look at this section of Romans 5, 12 through 21. And these verses will deal with the contrast between being in Adam and being in Christ. And how the answer to that question, are you in Adam or are you in Christ, truly, truly is all the difference in the world. It makes all the difference in the universe. Hear God's word this morning. Our scripture text this morning is taken from the book of Romans, chapter 5, verses 12 through 21. Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man, and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all sinned. For sin indeed was in the world before the law was given, but sin is not counted where there is no law. Yet death reigned from Adam to Moses even over those whose sinning was not like the transgression of Adam, who was a type of the one who was to come. But the free gift is not like the trespass. For if many died through one man's trespass, much more have the grace of God and the free gift by the grace of that one man, Jesus Christ, abounded for many. And the free gift is not like the result of that one man's sin. For the judgment following one trespass brought condemnation, but the free gift following many trespasses brought justification. For if, because of one man's trespass, death reigned through that one man, much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in life through that one man, Jesus Christ. Therefore, as one trespass led to condemnation for all men, so one act of righteousness leads to justification and life for all men. For as by the one man's disobedience the many were made sinners, so by the one man's obedience the many will be made righteous. Now the law came in to increase the trespass, but where sin increased, grace abounded all the more, so that as, as sin reigned in death, grace also might reign through righteousness leading to eternal life, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, it is so good that we can be here this morning to worship you, to lift up our voices in praise and thanksgiving. We are your children, and we desperately need you. As your word just spoke to us, sin entered the world through one man and brought death with it, and is now spread to all men because we are all sinners. But you have given us the good news of the free gift offered us through the one man, Jesus Christ, that through him we might be counted as righteous in your sight. Lord, I pray that you will be with our brother Greg, that your spirit will speak the words of life through him that we all need to hear. Help us to put away all distractions so that we might truly focus on your word, that we might always hunger and thirst for your righteousness, Show us the destination you have purposed for us and help us to always be checking to make certain we are headed in that right direction. Our focus must always be on Christ and it's in his righteous name I pray, amen. Amen. 
All right, so thus far, as we've been walking through Romans, we see that Paul has explained that we have this great need to be justified because we are sinful. So he talked about the fact that we're sinners, that um, he explained also, obviously, the way to be justified from those sins was faith in Christ and his perfect work for us, right? And then we even rejoiced in the first part of chapter 5 at the benefits of that justification, the joy, the peace, the hope that we have through, through knowing that our sins are, are forgiven and, and that we're declared just by the holy God who we were once enemies of. But today and over the next couple of weeks, Paul takes us into the, the tall grass, um, if, you, if you will, the deep waters and begins to answer some deep questions, right? And, and to deal with some of these, these tougher issues. And so... Uh, I think as we, as we get ready to start, I, I just would imagine people asking Paul some of these questions. You may have some of these questions. Of course we all have these questions, such as, hey, Paul, you say that sin is our big problem, but where did sin come from, right? Where did sin come from? Paul, what about those people who don't commit a whole bunch of bad sins? <laughs> what about that, Paul? Are they going to die just like everybody else? Uh, Paul, if death is the result of sin then why do infants die even before they've lived and had a chance to commit one sin? And hey, Paul, what, what does Jesus have to do with any of this? So those are some big questions, right? And that's what, that's what the Bible answers. That's why, again, it's important for Christians to be plodding through the scriptures and growing steadily, but yet solidly in the truth of who Christ is and what his word teaches us. So that's what we're doing today, especially as Paul takes us into this deep grass to explain some of these deep issues. So verse 12, let's notice this together. Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all sinned. There's a lot of answers right there, right? Sin came through one man and through sin came death. So that answers the question. Why do people die? Why do people get sick and die? Well, the answer is sin because of sin. Well, why is there sin? Well, that answer is because of one man, the first man. Now, notice how this is written grammatically, how, how Paul writes here. He, he's beginning a comparison, right? Because he says, just as this happened through one man, and you're expecting him to go right into, so this, right? So just as this, now this. But he doesn't. He gets sidetracked, like we all do sometimes. And it takes him a few verses to get back into the comparison. So what helps us as we begin, before we actually jump into just scrutinizing some of these verses, is to see this big picture, right, of, of what Paul's laying out here. So it helps us to jump from verse 12 to verse 17 as we're reading it. So we can say, therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man, and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all sinned, verse 17, much more... Will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ? So now we see this comparison. We see what Paul is trying to set up here. But today what I want to do, we have to go back before we put all of it together. I, I think it's important that we spend time on this, these first three verses talking about sin and death and just really understand that concept. So 
Romans 6, 12 through 21 actually serves as a commentary on Romans, or, or 1 Corinthians 15, 21 through 22. So again, this is just introduction, just again, before we dive into those first three verses to remind us of this big picture, the big concept, right? 1 Corinthians 15, Paul wrote that also. So it's interesting, he puts one quick little snippet in there in verses 21 and 22 that deal with what we're talking about in Romans. So in our text today, Paul elaborates on what he said here in passing in 1 Corinthians. But what he said in 1 Corinthians is so important. Notice the setup. 1 Corinthians 21, uh, 15, verse 21. For as by a man came death, by a man has come also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ shall all be made alive. So there it is, right? There's the, the thesis, if you will. And now the rest of the paper happens in Romans chapter 5, verses 12 through 21, as he dives into that idea. But this is a vital concept to grasp, folks. We've got to grasp this concept. If you're in Adam, you're dead. If you're in Christ, you're alive. That's the, that's the vital concept. I like what Martin Lloyd-Jones says. He says the whole story of the human race can be summed up in terms of what has happened because of Adam and what has happened because of Jesus Christ. It is just that simple. That, is, that determines where you're at. Are you in Adam or are you in Christ? Now, Romans 5.12 is therefore a reference, as we see based on 1 Corinthians, to Genesis chapter 2, talking about Adam, talking about where God promised that if you break my command, that is sin, death will come. So this is where it all begins. What Paul is referring to in our text goes back to Genesis 2, verses 15 and 17. Let's read that. The Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man saying, you may surely eat of every tree of the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat. A command. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. Okay, so there it is. The beginning of, of this command. Now we know the rest of the story. The rest of the story is they ate and that's all she wrote. <laughs> they ate and that's all she wrote for the human race, right? Now, immediate spiritual death took place. Immediately, Adam and Eve died spiritually to God. There was no more relationship. It was severed immediately by the act of disobedience in this act of sin. They hid from God. They ran from God. They didn't seek God anymore. He did graciously seek them out and say, you know, why are you hiding? What have you done? And so forth. We know that part of the story. Spiritual death immediately happened. Physical death did not immediately happen, which is what many skeptics like to point to in the Bible. Well, God said the day they eat the fruit, they would surely die. Well, they ate the fruit and they didn't die. Adam lived, uh, you know, hundreds and hundreds of years after that. Yes, but death began to reign in humanity that day. They did ultimately die. So that's, that's what we're seeing Paul talk about now. So he is, this is it. Where did sin come from? Sin or it came from Adam. Adam sinned. The first command given to any human being was to Adam. Adam disobeyed 
You say, what about Eve? Eve disobeyed, but Adam was, as we're going to see in a moment, the federal head, the one who represented all of us. We're going to see that as we continue, but it's important for us then to realize that because of that, death came to all of us, and we're all affected by that death because of that sin. Okay. Now back to our verse. Now this is, we got to get this, folks. Romans 5, 12. Therefore, just as sin. Now, here's what I want to read it as. I've got something up here a little different than what your versions will have. We've got to note the article, uh, the definite article. Now, there is no definite article in English, but in Greek, the definite article is there. So it would read like this if you're reading the Greek. Therefore, just as the sin came into the world through one man and death through the sin. And so death spread to all men because all sinned. Verb, sinned, little, little, little sin. But it's so important that we understand the, the incredible uh, importance of knowing the difference between sin as a noun and sin as the verb. We, we have to get this to understand what's going on here. Hey, harmatia, hey, hamartia is the sin, right? Noun. It speaks of condition. It's a thing that you have. It's a noun. It's a condition. Okay? The sin. We all have the sin. Hamartan is a verb at the end of that section. Sinned. And that speaks of commission. So understand that difference, right? The noun part, the sin, speaks of condition. And the verb sin speaks of commission. So why is this all important? It is. Stay with me. Here's why. It's important because the reason we all equally die, even though each person commits various degrees of sin, sins, verbs, we all don't sin the same. And humanly speaking, there are some who live better lives than others. There, there just are. There, there's a variety of sins that are committed, and it's a different level for each person. But we've got to grab this concept in order to understand why it is, therefore, that even though the sin of each person varies, the sin each person carries is equal. Okay? <laughs> now, why is that important? Because we all equally die. That's why. That's the reason we all equally die. It's not about, well, okay, Charlie sinned less than Mike, so Mike's going to die 10 years younger than Charlie. Charlie's going to live 10 more years because, you know, Charlie, man, he's a holy man. That's that, and so we think this, right? But that's, that, I, I, this helps us understand why that's not the case. Why death equally affects every human being is not based on their individual sins, but on the fact that they all equally carry the virus of sin, the sin. You, you see this? That's our main problem, folks, the sin that we are infected with. Right? This, this is why that death happens to all humans, even that infant baby who dies without ever committing a single sin. 
death still affects them. Why? Because they are born in the sin. They're infected. They have the virus. Just like we've learned recently, right? It doesn't matter how many symptoms you have. Some may have more symptoms of a cold than others. Some may have more symptoms of COVID than others. That's why you could even be asymptomatic or asymptomatic, right? And having no symptoms and yet have the virus. And that's exactly what this is so important for us to grasp. The sin of Adam, the sin came into all men through Adam and we're all infected with the virus. Our symptoms may vary. The degree of our sinfulness will vary. The acts, the commissions of sin will vary, but the condition is equal among all of us and therefore we all are under the sentence of death. That's why. That's why. That's why we can even use the strange and misguided idea and quote, why do bad things happen to good people? You know, we've heard that. And, and, I, and on one level, we must answer that and say, wait a minute. There are no good people. There's none good, no, not one, Roman says. But that's a little snooty, I understand, to come right off with that. Although it's a theologically correct term and, and statement. But humanly speaking, we look at people and we say there are some who are better than others. There are some who do more good deeds than others. There are some who do more bad deeds than others. So, so we, we compare like that. So again, I want us to understand that this passage of Scripture helps us theologically get our heads around the fact that it doesn't matter how, quote, good you appear or, quote, how bad you appear. We are all equally condemned to death because of the sin that we all equally have, the condition of our sin. So please begin to understand that you and I are helplessly, hopelessly weak because of what? The sin that we are born into, the condition. So again, sin is not a commission. You're not under the judgment of God because you commit sins. You're under the judgment of God because you have a condition called sin. You're sinful, yes. And, and you sin, but, but, but that's why, because you are a sinner. You sin because you are a sinner. It's in you. It's in the nature. So I just want to make sure that we grab that. Michael Bird puts it like this, speaking of sin coming into the world. Sin immediately became a deadly pathogen, potent, lethal, instantly producing death, and all with whom it came into contact, sin brought death, spiritual death, then physical death, and then eternal death to all people. So that's really all we need to worry about. We always jump to the argument, well, I'm better than this guy, and that person did all these heinous things, but I don't do heinous sins, I do respectable sins. You know, I do, I do little white lies, you know, I, or, or, or I cheat for a good reason. Right? Or I'm going to do this embezzlement, uh, which is actually stealing, but, but I'm going to give the money to somebody who needs it. You know, whatever we can justify. The bottom line is get away from that idea of we all do different degrees of sin and realize that we all will die eternally because of the condition of sin. That's what separates us from God. The very condition of sin that courses through our veins so, okay, I hope we understand that. But, but when did we sin then? Okay, here's the other question. 
as we look at these verses, and I'm going to read it again, verse 12, therefore just as sin came into the world through one man, and death through sin, and so death spread to all men, so all men are affected by death, why? Because all sinned, all have sinned. Now, this has been a, a theological debate about, well, okay, so, so when did we sin? Does it mean that we become sinners because we, be, we act like Adam? And that's, that's how we become guilty of sin, because we imitate Adam, our father, or is it because we are actually sinful in our being, and then we begin to do bad things because it's in us. It's who we are. You see that difference there? Some would say that it's society that influences us to become sinful, and that if there was no bad in society, we'd all be perfect if we were just in a nice little cocoon. And others would say, no, we don't sin because of society being sinful. Society is sinful because we're sinners. We're in it. We are the ones corrupting society. Now, Augustine, or Augustine, I've always grown up calling him Augustine, but Augustine, believed that in Adam, who is our federal head, sin and its penalties were imputed to all human beings through Adam, okay? So this is this idea of a a representative of all humans, and Adam was the first human, and he was the representative of all humans. And so, so in one way, what Augustine is saying, and, and this is basically Reformed theology, is that we were all in the loins of Adam, right? If, you do, if, if we could do a DNA, and if Adam could do a DNA test, we'd have the same DNA, folks. I mean, we'd have his DNA in us. Because he's the, he's the first, right? And so the idea there is we're, we were in his loins, <laughs> so to speak. Now you think, that's weird language. Yeah, it's the same language used about Melchizedek, the high priest. Remember when he comes and, he, and it says that Melchizedek, he paid, um, Abraham paid tithes to Melchizedek. And as Abraham was paying tithes to Melchizedek, Abraham was of the lineage of Levi. And, and the verse there says that the tribe of Levi was, was to come. They didn't exist yet. Even the, the priestly line of the Levites didn't exist. And here's this, this priest named Melchizedek. That's a whole other sermon, folks. We can't get into all those details. But here's my point. It says that Abraham bowed before this priest and paid tithes to him. But it also says something interesting. It says, so Levi, who wasn't even born yet, paid tithes to Melchizedek. How? It says that being in the loins of Abraham. So there's this this representative picture, right? That's exactly what it is with Adam. All of us were in Adam. And when Adam sinned, we all sinned. We're all guilty. Now, but some would say, wait a minute, that's not fair. Foul play. Time out. How in the world can we be judged for the actions of another? It's just not fair. Think about this statement. (laughs) It's not fair that I should be condemned on account of someone else's sin. I should be judged on the basis of my own sin. That sounds good. And we want to be able to earn that, right? And to say it's up to what I do and don't do that I should be judged. I don't want to be counted a sinner based on the merits of someone else. But have you ever heard this flip side of that? We're counted righteous based on the merits of someone else. Christ! Oh, yeah, I like that one. Yeah! That's a good one! (laughs) 
I bet it is. But the bottom line is, folks, they're both true. That's the point. That's how it all works. We all are born sinners based on the merits of our father, Adam. And we are naturally born into sin because of Adam. So, so, so that's, that's the one look. Now, Pelagius came, came along. Pelagius, right? And here's what Pelagius said. Sin entered the world through Adam's example. It was Adam's example, right? And that we are sinners by imitating Adam's behavior, right? Our breaking of law imitates Adam's breaking of God's law. Therefore, that's why we're sinners. We did just like Adam did it. Now, here's what we got to understand. And don't worry, folks, this is a short message for this reason. It's not much longer. I just want us to ponder this. We're going to be pondering this stuff. I want us to grab this stuff and, and understand this stuff. But listen, we are not sinners because we are guilty of committing certain sins or breaking certain laws. Now, this is the concept we must grab. We're in such a work-based, earn-based society, right? So we think if I didn't do anything wrong, I shouldn't be held accountable for anything wrong. But the truth is, folks, we're not sinners because we are guilty of committing certain sins, which is breaking certain laws or commands of God. You say, well, how do you know? Well, Paul goes on to explain that because he anticipates that being the next question. And Paul says in verse 13, for sin indeed was in the world before the law was given. Hmm. So the law didn't invent sin, and therefore we saw there was a law, and now that when we break that law, that is sin. No, sin was before the law, Paul says. But sin is not counted where there is no law. That's important. We're going to talk about that in a moment. It just means that sin is, is not cataloged before the law. The law catalogs certain sinful behaviors, but the sin is still reigning, right? The sin is still condemning. The sin is still who we are. We still have that. Sin, it says, indeed, for sin indeed was in the world before the law was given, but sin is not counted where there is no law, yet death reigned from Adam to Moses. What's significant about Adam to Moses? Adam was the first man created. Moses, almost 3,000 years later, was the man that God gave the Ten Commandments to. So what the point is there, there was over a thousand of years there where there was no law, there was no command to break. And yet there was sin and there was death. That's the point here. Even over those, now look at this, this death was reigning from Adam to Moses, which meant there was sin because you can't have death without sin. And there, so it says, therefore, death was reigning from Adam to Moses, even over those whose sinning was not like the transgression of Adam, who was the type of the one who was to come. So very plain, Paul says, they, we're not sinners because we sin like Adam by breaking a command. That's what he's saying there. Their sin was not like Adam in that they broke a command. Adam had a direct command by God, do not eat of that tree. He ate of the tree. He broke that direct command. Our sin, however, is not like that. We're, we're sinners not because we broke a direct command of God, but because Adam broke a direct command of God. And we're in Adam. <laughs> wow. You say, boy, this is another great day at Grace Motivational Camp. 
And it really is. I was talking to Nick before church, and he mentioned that. He said, wow, I come to church, and it's like a beat up, beat up, beat up. And then I get home, and I feel so much peace about being in the grace of God. <laughs> because that's how it works. We're going to have the whole story here. And the glory of the end of verse 14 is a hint for next week that we're going to dive more into when, when it says this. Death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those whose sinning was not like the transgression of Adam. Look at this. Adam, who was a type of the one who was to come. Ooh, a foreshadow of glory for us. Adam's not the only one. There's one to come. There's another Adam who won't blow it, but as a matter of fact, he is the one to come and make things right. That's the glorious gospel being preached right there, folks. And we're going to look at it more next week. But back to closing this out. The law or commandments do not create sin. Let's get that in our minds. The, the Ten Commandments, the law of God, does not create sin. It only identifies and confronts its symptoms. So you might want to even write that down. This is a great concept to understand. The law or the Ten Commandments do not create sin. It only identifies and confronts its symptoms. Everything listed in the commands of God that we shouldn't do, those sins are symptoms of the disease that condemns us. Do we understand that? So we're we have the disease and we're under God's wrath for being sinners whether or not we exhibit symptoms or not. That's why we are weak and helpless and ungodly and unable to do anything about it. And it's because we inherited it. It's in us. It's imputed. It's an alien sinfulness. Alien sinful. What's that mean? It's an old term meaning outside. It's alien. It's not from here. It's, it, it's not from us. It's an alien sinfulness. Which compares to what Paul's going to tell us next week. This is why we need an alien righteousness. This is why we need imputation of righteousness. Just like we've been imputed with Adam's sin, we need to be imputed with Christ's righteousness. Oh, man, I know that's a lot, folks. Wow. In conclusion, this is it. How about this? In conclusion, listen. We are not under the curse of death because we sin like Adam. I just want to re, just going to rephrase all this for us today so that we can leave here and chew on it, and pray about it, and let it sink into our souls. Why are we doing all this as believers? Why are we teaching the word like this? Because we are called to go out there and tell other people this is how it works. This is what God has revealed. This is what it means to be made righteous. This is why we're sinners. This is why we're condemned. This is why God can judge us. And yet, here's why he can forgive us. We've got to know all this in order to actually preach the gospel to people, correct? Study to show ourselves approved. Rightly divide the word of truth. So let's just review this real quick. We are not under the curse of death because we sin like Adam, but because we've sinned in Adam. This is why we must be born again, okay? There it is. We're born in Adam, and therefore we're in him, and his sin is in us. That's why Jesus said to Nicodemus, you must be born again. Keeping the law, doing all these good things will never, you can fix all your symptoms, 
You can clean up the outside. You can keep this rule and that rule and that law and that law and start cleaning up your symptoms, but it doesn't heal you from the disease that condemns you. Therefore, you, the only antidote, the only hope is you must be born all over again. You must be born again. So when we're born the first time, we're born in Adam, and therefore his rebellious attributes are imputed to us, are counted toward us as being ours. But when we are born the second time, as Jesus talks about, we are born into Christ. And all of his attributes are imputed to us and counted as being ours. Do you see now what it means to trust in Christ? That's what I'm trusting in when I say I believe on Jesus. I'm not just saying a prayer and trying to get the words right so that God lets me into heaven. What it means to believe on Christ and to trust in Christ and to to, to rest in Christ, to follow Christ, is that I believe this happens. I believe that when I fall upon his mercy, his righteousness and perfection is imputed to me. I am now born into him. I'm born again and I am in Christ. So it's not me. It's him. He's the reason that I will stand before God holy and declared a saint. It's, it's his righteousness, and we need that righteousness daily. So do you, we're going to see all this next week, folks. We're going to see all this next week. My prayer is that by God's Spirit, he's taking this word and causing somebody to want to run to Christ right now and rest in his perfect work on your behalf so that you can be born again, leave Adam behind, and be found in in Christ. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for your word. May you instruct us by your spirit. May you apply this to our minds. Let us understand your word, that our faith will be strong. Our faith is not abstract. Our faith is in an object. Our faith is in truth. Our faith is in your promises and your word, and that's what you've given us today. So let us let us soak in it. Let us think about it. Let us ponder these things by your spirit and for your glory. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.